It's National Gas Utility Workers Day! Well, not not today, and not only because I have no idea when you're actually listening to this episode, but also because episodes of Azimeter Effect are typically published on the 27th each month. So I guess what I should say is National Gas Utilities Workers Day is, was, March 18th. Uh, not the smoothest opening take. That's fine, we'll fix it in post. Nobody has to know. <laughs> oh, you can try to tuck away your outtakes, but you can never tuck away your shame. Because I'm not about to let you. Happy podcasting. CoServe gas technicians respond 24 hours a day to ensure the safe delivery of natural gas to our customers, which often means time away from their families. That's tough any time of year, but if you recall last year's pre-Christmas cold snap, you can really start to see how challenging that can be. So for the many sacrifices they make, we encourage everyone to thank a gas tech if you see or know one in your community. It doesn't matter that National Gas Utilities Workers Day was at least nine days ago. Just Nike. Wait, that's, um, that's my shorthand. What I meant to say was just do it. Yeah, just do it. Hmm. Oh, flawless start, Derek. All right, let's get it together. I'm Derek Kirby, and this is As a Meter of Fact, a CoServe podcast. CoServe's gas workers are among the very best in the state, and that's not hyperbole. I recently sat down with gas operations field supervisor Alex Copeland to talk about what all goes into the work CoServe's gas service workers do. And it was enlightening, to say the least. Thank you for joining me for this episode. You're very welcome. We wanted to spotlight the gas workers and tie it back to the careers initiative, so it makes a lot of sense to bring in someone from the field with that kind of experience. What kind of training do co-serve gas workers have to undergo? So that is kind of a, it's a lot of avenues. So whenever somebody gets onboarded, we're going to start with doing Energy WorldNet qualifications. So that is online training that is pushed out via CoServe based upon the level that you're going to. So they're going to focus on Energy World Net OQs, operator qualifications first. Then those guys are going to go in the field. And then during a mix of both field work, they're going to learn the hands-on capabilities of that job. And we've got an employee development program. So our EDP book has got all of the list of here's your covered tasks, here's how to do those tasks. And then you're going to use that in conjunction with the field training. So everything is done in-house. Um, obviously, our Texas Railroad Commission is our governing body. So they put down new guidelines, new rulings, OSHA, FEMSA, all of that for guidelines. But all the training is, is done in-house through CoServe. How long does that usually take to, to complete? So is tech like trainees... a couple of years or something like that? Tech trainees come in. There's a six-month program to get you out of tech trainee to where you're out of somebody's pocket, so to speak. So six months, you're constantly training with somebody with an established tech or your supervisor. And then after that, uh, tech one is a one-year program, tech two is a one-year program, and then all the way out until it's a full full five-year program Okay. until you're fully maxed out. I'm glad that two-year guests had at least some basis in, <laughs> in that night. It wasn't just pulling something out of nothing. No, no, yeah, yeah, you were definitely close. What's it like for a gas worker to be on call and have to respond to emergencies like hit lines at all times of day, regardless of the weather? It is challenging. So um, once you're a 
So with our program, once you're a tech one, you're pretty much only doing service works. You're learning leak investigations, so cut lines, carbon monoxide calls, um, leaking at the meter, I smell gas inside my house. But once you go tech two, all of that is all on you. So during the day, you've got your existing service order work. So everything is simple as turning gas on to a customer who just moved in. Um, setting a meter on shields in the colony, right? Uh, Nebraska Furniture Mart, doing big jobs like that. But at any point in time while you're doing those, you get a call from dispatch. Hey, I've got a customer smelling gas inside their house. You know, uh, I've got a damaged uh, boring company, damaged a pipeline in the middle of Frisco. I need you to start heading that way. So you get very good at being able to drop what you're doing so to speak, you know, make sure that customer is still safe that you're leaving and then you're, you're headed straight there. And generally speaking, the only information you have is what dispatch gave you. And that works like even around the holidays, like we saw like during the Christmas cold snap and everything and the, the challenges for that. So that's even stepping away from like, you know, family and holidays, birthdays, whatever. Right. Oh, 100%. I mean, I know the last winter storm that we had or actually two years ago, there were guys just like the CoServe. We were sleeping at the office. I was sleeping at the McKinney yard. Because it was, as far as drive time, it was easier and faster for me to just sleep there than focus on trying to get home, try to get some sleep, try to come back. And you're running service order after service order, leak after leak. So it is it is challenging because those people don't have anybody else. It's not like I can be like, oh, man, it's kind of late right now. How about tomorrow morning? Yeah. No, you're smelling gas in your house. You're concerned for your family safety. My job is to keep you and your family safe. So it's a birthday. It's a holiday. If I'm on call. We're, I always use it as we're kind of like on house arrest. We stay home. We don't go out and go to the grocery store. We don't go out and try to grab a quick lunch. Yeah. Uh, you know, on a weekend, we stay home and our only responsibility is get that call from dispatch. You shove on your boots, you roll out the door and you're heading into, once again, only information you have is from dispatch. It could be, I smell gas inside the house and it could be nothing. It could be something more serious. Same thing with a damaged line. It could be a real simple fix that our crews can get done in no time at all. And it could be a fix or it could be a damaged line that could take them two days to fix it. And I've got blowing gas the whole time. So it's, it can be a lot. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned like being on call. What's, I guess, what's that rotation look like? Is it like a, a few days on or? Yep. yep. So um, as far as the service side, which is what I'm representing, we're on one day a week, one weekend a month. So okay. usually not too horrible. Um, you'll, you'll run a weekend each side does it a little bit different but sometimes they're on revolving schedules so if you're on last friday you're then on thursday then on wednesday okay. some guys are on just fixed days so hey if we can coordinate with our guys and go tuesday works best that way you can still have a good um, balance of quality of life with your family yeah that's right? good um, but yeah it's, it's not too bad and then during the day you your call starts at 4 p.m and then it'll stop at 7 a.m the next morning and then you're back to your normal job at 7 30 and then weekends, you're on call from 4 p.m. on a Friday, and then you don't get off call until 7 a.m. Monday morning, and then mm. you're back into work at 7.30. Okay. Uh, so whenever you guys uh, go to respond to a damaged line or something, I guess, what's what's that look like kind of with all the moving parts? I know we talked about it uh, briefly the other day when I was reaching out to you about the interview, uh, just kind of like with the scene having to get there kind of dig up the line, um, you know, identify the cause and then make the repair, like what all I guess goes into that process. Yep. So it, it really depends. So obviously it's going to start first with somebody calling our gas dispatch, whether that's the people who hit it or a passer buyer or who knows what. So it, 
process is going to originate there. They'll call the closest service tech. They'll typically notify a supervisor as well. Hey, we've got reports of a six-inch gas line at Custer and El Dorado. And then that is pretty much the extent of the information that we have. Service tech's going to start rolling that direction. Uh, once they get on scene, their first priority is to secure the scene and then keep the public and even the first responders safe. So whatever that means as far as blocking off streets, coordinating with if there's emergency services already on scene, mm -hmm. we'll communicate to them going, hey, guys, this is what I got. Um, can you shut down this area of traffic or can you close down this turn lane for me? Or can you start checking these buildings? So once we've got that perimeter set, we'll start investigating where that gas is going. So not only up in the air is it is the wind taking it towards another house? Is the wind taking it towards a, a strip mall or an apartment complex? And we're gonna start monitoring those areas with our combustible gas indicators to figure out if it's still at a safe level. Once we know everybody's good in that area, we're gonna get on the phone and then communicate that information back to our gas dispatch and our construction crews. Hey, this is what I've got. According to the maps, this should be the size. I need a truck rolling and then construction will make the call what equipment they need to bring based upon what you've told them. Do I need two crews? Do I need a separate piece of equipment? Do I need a Vactron that I need to get from another yard? So they'll make those calls. They show up on scene once construction is there. It is their rodeo as far as how they deem to fix it. Services side is to still maintain that area security and then still monitor that gas, that gas loss. And so there, there's a lot more than just showing up going, yep, it's blowing. <laughs> well, we already know that. Yep. Yeah. So it's how how to keep everybody safe and then get that repair started as fast, as quickly as possible. Makes sense. What's uh what's the Vactron thing you mentioned? I hadn't so, heard that before. Uh, Vactron, um, think of it like a, a car wash uh, uh -huh. lance okay. and then a giant vacuum. So if we needed to, it's it's a easier way to excavate a hole uh -huh. without using a excavator. Oh. Okay. So without yeah, putting yeah. teeth in the ground and taking big old scoops of of earth, if let's say there's a telecommunication line or mm -hmm. a pedestal or a, a, maybe a water line real close, they can use a Vactron to pretty much you turn all the dirt into mush and then suck it all out. So it's a I'm envisioning like a pressure washer. It's exactly that. Half of it's a pressure washer and half of it is a giant Hoover. Nice. You put both together and you liquefy all the earth, you know, all the dirt and all that. And then you just suck it all out. So it's a, it's a better tool to use when you're, damage gas line is right next to a cable yeah well i don't want to take a, a bucket and scoop all of that and i break the, the fiber or something like that they can use that for for certain areas huh, interesting but they don't just drive around with that attached to a truck yeah because you don't always need it yeah so they'll be able to make that call if you know if we tell them hey man this is what you got or it's under el dorado yeah. you're going to need a bust up concrete under el dorado well okay do i need to grab some extra equipment some extra tooling shore boxes you know stuff like that so we'll try to get them as, as most information as we can before they roll so that whenever they show up, they've got all the tools necessary. Very cool. I did not know uh, about the nuances of that. That's that's interesting. I, I guess I never really considered if it's like under the concrete, like how that would, you know, how you'd have to adjust and work around that to minimize, um, you know, any damage or anything like that, just getting to the line to shut it off safely. And that's it. Just getting to it is a task in itself and then once you've dug the hole okay now i need to make sure it's safe for my guys to get down in the hole yeah so i've got shore boxes shore protection ladders i've already i can see it but now i've got to safely get to it not just jump in the hole that's 13 feet deep and go have fun get yeah. you know here's a wrench you know i've got to make sure it's safe before those guys get down in the hole so when you guys have to crimp the line um to to shut it off mm -hmm. i'm trying to th figure out the best way i can say this without <laughs> sounding like i know nothing 
I, I guess how how long does that process typically take to to do that and make that repair? All depends on what it is. So our smaller so almost all of our lines are polyethylene poly lines. Mm -hmm. So you do have the capability to use squeeze tools and physically squeeze it almost like a straw. Yeah. Um, all that, depends that's, on that's the, what I recalled seeing when I went out to, to one once. Yep. So all depends on the size of the line. So most of the service lines going up to the house are three quarter inch. Generally speaking, service techs can, can do a temporary fix on those by themselves. Um, but once you start getting into mains, two, three, four, six, eight inch main, um, it all depends on what your GIS maps are showing you. If it's a one way feed, so they pretty much have only got one direction of feed. Mm -hmm. If they've damaged that, I'm potentially, if I squeeze that, I'm going to lose everything downside of that line. So if the boring company or whomever hit it at a really horrible place, if I squeeze it, I may lose an entire subdivision. So we're construction crew will make that call whether, okay, we're going to squeeze it. And we are now going to have to do a restore on 500 homes at 1130 wow. at night. Yeah. Are we going to try to run a bypass to where they'll run a, a, a new section of poly? So I can bypass that damage and then safely squeeze it without uh, losing gas service. Um, sometimes they're just digging one hole. Sometimes they're digging two holes on each opposite side of the damage. So now I need two crews, two excavators, dig down, find the poly. Uh, you'll clean off the poly, put on a squeeze tool, squeeze both down to isolate out that section. And you still haven't even gotten to where it's damaged yet. So you've spent hours digging two remote holes just to safely turn gas off. Yeah. Now I've got to actually dig where the damage is and figure out what all I need to do to uh, be able to do that repair. That was very informative. That was a lot that uh, I did not know or had not really considered before, but that's that's really cool to, to kind of see everything that goes into uh, the analysis and assessment kind of process of it and then the actual work itself. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, they're, they're, they're not the same jobs. You know, yeah. you, you can roll on one and go, oh, yeah, it's a cut two inch. That's easy. We've done it all day. Well, they put this two inch in conduit and they hit it under a street. Yeah. Oh, well, this two inches in open field. Cool. Easy, easy money all day long. Mm -hmm. And every single one's a little bit different. One, one mains at six feet, one mains at 18 feet. Yeah. So all a little bit different each job. So kudos to construction. You know, yeah. as far as service, what I do, our job is to secure the scene. You know, those guys, construction guys do a really, really good job. Very cool. I feel like I learned a lot. <laughs> there, there's a there's a lot to it, man. There really is. You know, outside of of doing league investigations, like I said, we're doing uh, meter sets for everything from just a normal small house. We're doing the initial um, gas meter set whenever the house is still being built. We're turning them off, turning them on. We're putting on a meter on the Nebraska Furniture Mart. Putting on a meter to a, a a Chili's, a full full on restaurant, and then you're doing leak investigations, reads, and then no gases, carbon monoxide calls. There, there's a lot goes into a lot more than just, oh, you're a gas guy. All you do is turn gas on, turn gas off. Yeah. There, there's a lot, a lot involved into it. Well, thank you for coming on and joining me. This was great. Well, thank you for having me. Hey, it's Derek here. Not the one you've been listening to. Well, I mean, yes, the one you've been listening to. But this is me coming back now during post-production because I really wanted to include something Alex touched on throughout our chat. That being CoServe's continued education programs. Rather than just stumble and stammer over my words any worse than I already have, I'll let Alex tell it. The big thing as it relates to CoServe is the training process that we have in place, our employee development program. Yeah. That's one thing that I think sets us apart from at least some other gas companies is it's 
everybody gets tools. Everybody gets a truck. They get proper PPE to wear. The big thing that I, I really enjoy about CoServe is we've got a continuing education program. So you don't just get hired in and go, all right, here's your job. You're doing this for the next nine years until you find another job throughout the company. No, here's your program. Here's the time frame that we're going to allot that we think you should be able to get this accomplished in. Outstanding. You've got this. Here's your EDP um, raise. Here's an entire new set of, cha of challenges associated with it. Here's new training. Okay, cool. You got that. Here's even more training, right? So yeah. it gives those guys that are eager, that want to learn, that want to have something more than just, dude, I've been doing the same job day in, day out. We've got this program already established that we can get you more knowledge, get you more training classes, go into different uh, training sessions, you know, SGA or TGAs, mm -hmm. and learning from other gas companies, learning from other um, experienced techs as well on, oh, that's something different that I haven't seen before. Well, cool. Now I've got that in my brain that I can hold that on for later. Yeah. So I, I, I absolutely love the continuing education portion of it, that you're not just coming in doing one job and one job only. You're here for your full full five years uh, to opt out or to progress out of our EDP, and you're going to see construction. You're going to see pressure control where they're dealing with um, our measuring stations that have got 500 pounds on them. You're going to see our service lines with 50 pounds on them and see, okay, well, how does it get from point A to point B? Well, that's an entire separate department, and you're able to train with those guys. You're able to train with our construction crews and understand, well, how are you going to squeeze that one, that 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 main that's leaking? Oh, well, this is how we're going to do it. Cool, right? So I'm, I'm learning more about more than just service. You're learning about all of gas operations. So that's an outstanding part as far as what CoServe has put in place for us. The amount of knowledge, diverse experience, and the incredible degree of attention to detail displayed by CoServe gas service workers puts them in a class of their own. But what helps them grow and develop into such proficient professionals is the continued education offered by CoServe in-house. You don't just get hired and find yourself packed into a particular box for the duration of your career. You're continually given avenues for development and broader education to understand the many nuances and complexities of gas operations. So, once more, thank you gas workers for your commitment, brilliance, and dedication to our gas customers. And for those listening, if you think you'd be interested in a career as a CoServe gas service worker or another job within gas operations, you can find more information at the newly revamped CoServe.com. Just enter CoServe.com forward slash careers into your browser to view our current openings. I'm Derek Kirby, and As a Meter of Fact is brought to you by CoServe, an electric and gas distribution company serving North Texas.